Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> you might have thought it was the end of the world there for a minute. <laughs> this is your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your hey, community spirit. Hey, look at spirit. that. The sun just came out. Oh, we brought out the <laughs> sun there. <laughs> and my name is Tree Song. Oh, this is Ord Energy Mon. Yeah, and we are live. Yes, we are live. I think <laughs> <Just> so. Like, <laughs> we are local. We seem to be. It's like, um. Well, one of us wasn't local. That's that sound. That interesting sound you heard was ET the Walrus. Uh, they call him ET because he's got wrinkly skin like ET, and that was man. His... He he did a lot of sounds. Yeah, he did a lot of different sounds. I was impressed. I knew walruses made sounds, but I didn't know they were so diverse and so intelligent, huh? Yeah. So why are we talking about walruses? Well, walruses are getting in on 35,000 walruses start their own climate march. <laughs> Wait a second. Who counted them? That must have taken a while to count all those walruses. The People's Climate March had more impressive numbers, but Pacific walruses sure have us beat on color coordination. Yeah. <laughs> this September, more than 35,000 of these flabby, whiskered pennipeds have crowded a beach on the northwestern Alaskan Isle of Point Lay. Scientists are calling it potentially the biggest walrus haul-out on record, and they're blaming it on climate change. Similar walrus haul-outs have been happening since Arctic sea ice hit an unexpected low in 2007. Indeed, in six of the past eight years, the sea ice has receded far enough that the walruses have had to swim to land. Walruses typically follow sea ice as it recedes to the North Pole, where they use the flighting platform, the floating platforms for resting, giving birth, and raising pups. But the dearth of sea ice, now September had the lowest, or the sixth lowest extent of sea ice on record. And can you imagine that's your job to measure ice? Yeah, measuring ice. I'm hoping a lot of... Well, how about do... counting walruses? Yeah. It's a... Scientists get the fun, <laughs> most fun job. <laughs> okay. This has forced the Pacific walruses to swim long distance to reach solid ground on the coast of Russia and Alaska. Now, Brad Palmer at Vox had the full, charty, facty version. Mm -hmm. The chatty, facty version. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's very scientific. In 2010, some 20,000 walruses came ashore near Point Lake. In 2011, nearly 30,000 came ashore. You can actually watch the videos of this if you get our newsletter. Yeah. If you would like to get our newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, which just reminds me, I forgot to send it out this morning. Oh. <laughs> Usually I send it out ahead of time. So, you know, some people can read while they're listening to us, maybe. Yeah, you can That could be annoying, though, because we don't really read it very well. Yeah, we don't always follow it exactly. We now, in provide. 2013, another 10,000 came ashore. This year appears to be the largest haul-out on record. I like that word, haul-out. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, um, haul-out your ass. Yeah. <laughs> your walrass. Although the... um. NOAA, what's that? The um, 
is still trying to verify the exact numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. Mr. Walrus, what number are you? Yeah, they're giving them a little wristband, like you're number like, one, number two. Like, <laughs> tattoos. Worse, when climate forces walruses to assemble en masse, it's not all giant floats and drum circles. Yeah. <laughs> Researchers think walruses on land are much more likely to trample each other than on ice, especially if they get spooked. Still, if we're taking bets on which march had the better group chants and rallying cries, I'm betting on the walruses, and yeah. there's a video. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and that's the video we just heard the audio of. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it was just good. Like, I, now I know what the video is, because I couldn't see the video when you were playing it, yeah. and it just sounded weird. Yeah. Well, that's part of why I wanted to play it before we did the story, so people, people are like, what? Exactly. <laughs> what is that? It's Tree Song and Orr. Doing something again? <laughs> yeah. They, they've lapsed into another language when they're doing the promo. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. I was going to, for a second there, just a slight second, I was going to make a walrus. Yeah. <laughs> I was not going to do it. <laughs> the walrus does it much better. All right. Let's see what we have in other news. Some more st- strange news here. This lobbying shop is so dirty that even the oil companies will not. How dirty is it? Is it really oily? <laughs> well, we gotta wake up pretty oily in the morning to get this story. <laughs> How fracking oily are they? Yes. The mass exodus from the lobbying group ALEC. That's short for American Legislative Exchange Council. Oh, I thought it was short for Smart ALEC. Yeah, they are smart. Well, <laughs> <laughs> smart may not be the right adjective there. <laughs> so, uh, it's short for American Legislative Exec- Exchange Council. And the exodus from them continues as more companies shy away from its stance on climate change. And, I mean, it's been mainstream companies, but yeah. now oil companies are actually leaving. Yeah, it started with mainstream companies, well, depending on what you call mainstream, big ones. Okay, yeah, big <laughs> companies like yeah. Microsoft, Microsoft, Google. Google, Facebook, Yelp, Yahoo. Yahoo's a big company still? <laughs> they're <I'm> trying. <laughs> they're doing their darndest out there. Uh, they're, they've cut all ties with the group over the last few months thanks to a pretty staggering track record on blocking renewable energy initiatives and other kinds of environmental legislation. So, yeah, Alec, they're, they're not just doing advocacy for the oil industry. They're going out of their way to say, no, we need to stop renewables. It's like they're not content to just try to boost their own fun- funders' industries. They're saying, we want to spoil everybody else's plans, too. So they're, people are going off the ship like rats going off a sinking ship. Now, so it's a lobbying group for oil companies. Yeah. So well, why would Occidental Petroleum, which I think they have oil in the name. No, that's petroleum. Yeah, petroleum. Close. It's, it's a kind of close. <laughs> yeah. They're one of the largest U.S.-based international oil companies. Why would they also leave ALEC? Ironically enough, for its stance on climate change. According to the National Journal... Occidental sent a letter to investment managers declaring its intent to quit the group. Don't say they did. Yeah. They're intending to. Their intent. I think w- at, this was from a couple days ago. They may have actually done it by now, but they've at least submitted their intent. Uh, I wish I could quit you, Alec. <laughs> so an Alec spokesperson denied that the move had anything to do with the current anti-Alec frenzy. But the letter itself suggests otherwise. Occidental's letter notes a concern that it could be pressured to share the positions on global warming and regulations to limit air pollution from the nation's fleet of power plants, held by organizations of which the company is a member, such as the Chamber of Commerce and American Petroleum Institute. Uh, That's the American Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. There's local chambers of commerce who aren't members of the American Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, because they... It's it's becoming (laughs) less and less so that 
local chambers are members of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Cause, which is, cause they're like, anyway, they're not thinking local. Yeah. Cause local chambers of commerce want to promote local business. They don't want to get caught up in these insane grabs for power that the, <laughs> the larger Chamber of Co- Commerce does. So American Petroleum Intre- Institute, you can guess some of their interests. The largest trade association for the oil and gas industry. So here's a quote from the letter. Quote, we do not support all the positions taken by organizations to which we belong. Occidental's Associate General Counsel, Linda Peterson, wrote. Oh, the irony. A ginormous oil company doesn't want to be associated with global warming, denial, or power plant pollution. (laughs) It's like, heaven forbid we think it doesn't care about the climate. Yeah. That's funny, you know. Well, <laughs> it is. Str- I bet this is going to happen increasingly, though, because a lot of energy companies. I've seen some of their ads. They're trying to make their image all clean and green. So if they're trying to be clean, and then they're associated with Alec, and Alec is pushing all of these these extreme measures. Well, do you remember years ago I did the the Pepsi Amp uh, bicycle project? Yeah. And the name of that was Amp Human Energy. Mm. Okay. Well, Chevron has copyrighted human energy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so I had posted a video showing, you know, what I had powered there. And in it, I, I, I named it Amp Human Energy because yeah. that was the, the name of it. And Chevron sent a tent to sue. Yeah. <laughs> and now they'll probably sue me for saying this. <laughs> yeah. Well. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious. They were like, you know, you can't do that. Yeah, they, yeah. they were saying they own the term. And it's energy. a marketing company. The marketing company should have looked it up, but still. Yeah. It's just like. I kind of so worry what bicycle, Chevron. Bicycle powered, um, Super Bowl party. Yeah. So. Which is I a mean, good technically idea. Super Bowl is copyright. I can't say it either, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we can say it as an item of news. <laughs> it's just like. I kind of worry what Chevron's going to do with the term human energy though. No, but this is opinion. Right? Yeah. I mean, Fox is allowed to say whatever they want because it's are. an opinion. So my opinion is Chevron is stupid. <laughs> just like <laughs> that is your personal opinion. <laughs> it's just like, well, I don't know. It's just yeah. I'm I'm not retracting. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. I. <laughs> just, so. All right. So let's let's scientists to speed up a- analysis of human link to extreme weather events. Wait a second. I thought they've already figured this out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're speeding up the analysis of it. You know. You know how they often say, like, we can't necessarily link one climate event to the issue of climate change. Now they're trying to work on making that a clearer connection. So, like, climate change, they've approved, proved that it's human caused. Yeah. But specific climate events. Yeah. Or weather. Weather events. Yeah, climate is global. Weather is local. Do I sound like a scientist? Yeah, no, kind I- of. <laughs> well, you know, climate is more long term, you know. Weather is what's happening today. Climate is what's happening for 20 or 30 years. Or, you know, millions of years. <laughs> Climate scientists hope to be able to tell the world almost in real time whether global warming has a hand in extreme weather thanks to an initiative they plan to launch by the end of 2015. Wait a second. That's too late. Yeah. That's like a year from now. Yeah. They're doing like, their best. they got to like, be sure they get all the numbers right. Yeah, well, that's true. They want to... They're scientists. They want to make sure things are... Okay. They yeah. can't just opinionate. Yeah. In recent years, scientists have become more adept at working out whether climate change caused by greenhouse gas emissions is exacerbating wild weather and its impacts around the world. But the task usually takes months. 
Quote, in the media, we are seeing this notion that you cannot attribute any individual events to climate change. But in fact, the science has already evolved, has really evolved over the past decade, said Heidi Clunan, chief scientist with Climate Central. Wow, that's Climate Central. Listen, that that should be like a cable news channel. <laughs> yeah, Climate Central. If the climate co- news. I mean, they'd be like, it. I mean... If you ever watch the Weather Channel now, it's like riveting edge of your seat. Yeah. It's like 24 hours a day news about the weather. It's like, dun, 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 you know, as things get worse and worse, the weather becomes more and more prevalent. Yeah. So. So Climate Central, that'd be good. If the cable news networks actually cared about the their viewers, they might do a Climate Central station. So the U.S.-based nonprofit Science Journalism organization is leading the initiative to speed up that analysis alongside the Red Cross Red Crescent Climate Center. Scientists at Oxford University, the Royal Netherlands Meteorological Institute, and others. Now, a a review of 16 major weather events in 2013, released on Monday, found that human-caused climate change clearly increased the severity and likelihood of five heat waves studied, including in Australia, Japan, and China. For other events like droughts, heavy rain, and storms, pinning down the influence of human activity was more challenging, researcher said. Human-caused climate change sometimes played a role, but its effect is often less clear, suggesting natural factors were far more dominant. Mm. Now, from what I understand, we still have the same weather patterns. They're just more extreme. Yeah. Instead of it raining like a nice drizzle for three days, we get that same amount of rain in a couple hours, or sometimes in... 20 minutes yeah like they did in phoenix arizona recently i don't know if you saw those pictures where like interstates were flooded like. <laughs> yeah it wasn't quite that extreme here but it was a little bit like that yesterday too yeah sun downpour but no- yeah yeah normally we get that kind of rain over the course of two or three days you know yeah so. and it's it's good that they're working on this because i have seen a couple of stories about how previous events were you know related climate change but people have such a short attention span that if a heat wave happens, and then three months later they say, oh, that heat wave was caused by climate change. People are like, whatever, we're on to the next celebrity gossip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Climate is a celebrity? Yes. Well, the, the world <laughs> is a celebrity. It's it should large. be. <laughs> Living large. Yeah. Yeah. Here we have some other news here. Frack sand rush threatens American towns. Victoria Trinko hasn't opened the windows of her Wisconsin home in two years. Oh, that would suck. Yeah, imagine that. Wisconsin, I don't go there very often, but it's a beautiful place. Oh, I thought it was because she was in Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a better reason. There's, yeah, there's a better reason. She hasn't opened it for two years for fear of the dust clouds billowing from a frack sand mine a half mile away. That's really got to suck. Yeah, imagine that. It's a half mile away, too. You would think that's far enough, but no. She's getting the effects. Quote, this blowing of silica sand has not abated since the inception of the mine in 2011. Trinko, a farmer and the town clerk for Cooks Valley, Wisconsin, said during a media call on Thursday, highlighting an industry proliferating alongside horizontal hydraulic fracturing or fracking. Frack sands is an essential ingredient in the process of natural gas drilling. Trinko is among residents, advocates, and scientists warning of risks posed by the frack sand boom from heavy truck traffic and sleep-stymieing lights and noise. At least one truck hauling silica sand travels a road by Trinko's home every three minutes. What? I I thought I was going to say like every night or every day, but (laughs) every three minutes. 
And why is this an issue for us to talk about here? Yeah. I mean, this is starting to happen in like our poorer counties where they, you know, haven't studied what it'll take, you know, basically these trucks every three minutes are just going to tear up the roads and it's, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if we were here in Southern Illinois and every three minutes there was a frack sand truck going by. Now she was diagnosed with asthma and her doctor suggested the condition was pollution related. Yeah. Pollution causes it. Oh yeah. Okay. Now the in- industry is concentrated in Wisconsin and Minnesota, but rising demand, however, threatens to expand frac sand mining in, in into Illinois and 11 other states, according to a report released on Thursday by the Civil Society Institute's Boston Action Research, a human rights advocacy group, in partnership with the nonprofit Environmental Working Group and other environmental health advocates. So yeah. See, this is part of why we need more environmental review of such projects. Cause, you know, they, they make these arguments of, oh, we're just going to do one well. It's not a big deal. But when you add up all of the things that happen around it, all of the water, all of the frac sands, it's quite a mess that it creates. The, the little island that could is going 100% renewable. Europeans thought the teeny island of El Hero was the end of the world before Christopher Colon hmm. sailed to the other hemisphere. Now it's the beginning of a post-fossil energy world. One of Spain's Canary Islands off of Africa's coast, El Hero, is an active volcanic landmass too remote to hook up to the motherland's electric grid. Until recently, 6,600 tons of barged-in diesel were burned each year to generate power for the island's 10,000 residents. But today, El Hero stands mere months away from its goal of 100% renewable energy thanks to a wind farm that stores excess energy in a connected water turbine system. So wind and a water turbine system. I like it because that's the issue with the renewable energy is there's not a good storage. Yeah. So I'd like to how figure out. Yeah, it describes it a little bit here. NPR's Lauren Frailer tells the story. This past summer, El Hero in degraded the Gorano del Vento power plant, a $110 million wind and water turbine farm. By the end of this year, the plant will generate all of the island's energy needs up to 48 gigawatts hours per year. The plant consists of five large industrial windmills and two lakes. On windy days, and there are plenty, the windmills harness the Canary Islands' Atlantic gusts. When production exceeds demand, such as at night, excess energy is used to pump water from a sea-level lake up into a natural volcanic crater half a mile uphill. When the wind dies down, the water is released down through a pipe connecting the two lakes. On the way, it passes through turbines, which generate hydropower. Hmm. Hey, this is way too simple. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be complicated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, it's pretty simple. It's simple but brilliant. Just like, everything is connected with sensors so that within five seconds of the wind dying down, the hydro portion of the plant kicks in. For island residents, the lights don't even flicker. The technology uses in both the wind and water portions of the plant are simple. But this they're the first place to actually combine the two. Yeah. So something so simple... Took this long. <laughs> yeah. Just like, it's, oh, it's way too simple. Anybody could do that. Forget that. Yeah. yeah like, well, sometimes they go for these super high tech solutions and really something, you know, 
relatively low tech as that. If you do it the right way, it can be really useful. So what's up next for the island that could? Completing the transition to energy independence by making every car electric by 2020. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good plan. So you think we're going to get every car in Southern Illinois electric by 2020? <laughs> um, well, all we have to do is raise the price of gas. Yeah, if if the price of gas accounted for all of these social and environmental costs, we'd probably all be on electric today. I'm proud to say that, with the exception of catching a ride with someone yesterday, I've ridden my bike all week. <laughs> that's good. Trying to think. Yeah, I mean, it's been a week. It was, yeah. Last Thursday, yeah, so. You've had a lighter carbon footprint. Well, actually, eight days, eight days, so. I've been, I've been riding, taking public transportation, riding the bus. That has reduced my carbon footprint, but uh, it's still a gas-powered vehicle. All right, let's see what we've got coming up. Some holidays. Today is Techies Day. I'm, by some estimations, a techie, so. I'm a green tech. A green tech, there you go. (laughs) Or, well, I forgot what it is, um. I forgot it now. I'll have to think of what it's called. A green Dexter. A green Dexter, yeah. Have like a porn Dexter. Yeah, green I'm Dexter. a green Dexter. Today is Virus Appreciation Day. <laughs> it's just a strange like, holiday. Just hug it and say, you're part of me and I'll kill you with myself. My yeah. <laughs> I clicked on that. No one knows where Virus Appreciation Day came from. It's just an internet holiday <laughs> just on a bunch of websites. <laughs> I think the viruses came up with it. Yeah, it's just like, um, it's also World Smile Day, so maybe that's what makes you laugh. So <laughs> Yeah. Saturday is International Frugal Fun Day. So the first Saturday of the month, it's time to have some frugal fun. Sunday is Do Something Nice Day, and then Oktoberfest in Germany ends. Oh, no. Um, And World Teachers Day is also on Sunday. Yes, teachers are very important. Shouldn't so. we appreciate that on a day that they're teaching? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like, <laughs> well, maybe it's a day they get to rest. So they get World You're like, here, you can off. have this day off. No, yeah. it should be on Monday, so they get that day off. That's true. But they can't get a day off. Teachers are necessary. Yeah, they're necessary, and they work so hard. They work extra time to teach our children. Monday, come and take it day. Hmm. It's also Mad Hatter's Day. <laughs> Tuesday is bald and free day. Yeah. You know that baldness is caused by extra testosterone? <laughs> so bald men are more manly. <laughs> there you go. It's also Wednesday is American Touch Tag Day and Emergency Nurses Day. Yeah, there's a lot of emergency nurses now going to Africa. Yeah. It's like, it's a big deal. It's so funny because I'm online and the only ones who aren't freaking out about Ebola are the preppers. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what? You know, it's yeah. just like, I mean, Ebola is caused by bodily fluids. Yeah. If you haven't like wallowed in someone else's bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. You're fine. And if you have, you've got other problems, <laughs> probably. Like, but yeah, there's a good joke circulating online related to Ebola and climate change. It's like scientists say not to freak out about Ebola. People panic and start buying all these supplies. Scientists say to freak out about climate change. People are like, oh, no, it's fine. Pass me some more coal. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, yeah, Ironic. Uh, Thursday is Curious Events Day, Fire Prevention Day, and Moldy Cheese Day. Yeah. I wonder if you could use moldy cheese to f- prevent fires. <laughs> you might be able to, but that'd be a waste of some good cheese. Although, <laughs> moldy, <laughs> just like, are you French? Yeah. Yeah, the, the fanciest French cheeses are moldy. Are the nastiest. Yeah. But they do taste good. They taste good. I can say that, but you have to get past the smell. Yeah. 
people often don't think about where cheese comes from, but when you see that, you realize, oh, this is some some dairy that they had a bunch of stuff grown in. Bacteria, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, happenings coming up. We mentioned fracking earlier. There's a big decision coming up in Illinois related to fracking. The Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, JCAR, is currently considering whether or not to approve the latest draft of the fracking rules. The next meeting of JCAR is on October 14th in Chicago. In order to have your comments read, you must mail them to Springfield. Yes, good old-fashioned snail mail. Uh, the Office of Joint Committee on Administrative Rules is at 700 Stratton Office Building in Springfield, Illinois, 62706. If you would like that address, we could email it to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Saturday, mark your calendar for the fall tree sale. Saturday from 8 until 4 p.m. at the Murdell True Value in Carbondale. Start plant, planning, spread the world, keep Carbondale beautiful sells trees, and green earth sells plants. Now, for best results, they only sell native species. Sounds like a good so, deal. A native fall tree and plant sale, again, Saturday all day at Murdell True Value. Yeah. Well, Saturday is an exciting day. There's also the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market. That's coming up on Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at the Carbondale Community High School. They're, and get there while they're still outside. Yeah. Because in November, they move inside. Yeah, November, they go indoors. October, they're still out there. So either way, though, they will be there, 8 a.m. to noon on Saturdays. And that's on the north side, Giant City Road, right? Yeah. Frack-free concert. They changed it. It used to be Frack Free Fest, and yeah. I had such a hard time saying it. And finally, I figured out how to say it, and they turned it into Frack Free Concert. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> people, you fracking! <laughs> they did it just for you. Saturday, October fourth. It's October. Yeah. Wait October. a second. When did that? When did that? <laughs> Saturday, October fourth at seven p.m. at Alto Vineyard, the Frack Free Concert will feature music by Tall Paul and special guests at Alto Vineyard. Uh, there's a suggested donation of $10 per person or $25 per carload. Hey, that's pretty good. They're like suggesting people carpool. Yeah. Bring lawn chairs or blankets, indoor option available in case of rain. Uh, sponsored by Mike's Music, Illinois People's Action, and Alto Vineyards. That's uh, 7 to 11 p.m. Saturday. Music, and I suppose it's at a vineyard. There probably is some wine. <laughs> I would imagine so. So. It is a concert. It doesn't say fest, so they don't plan for people to get festive. <laughs> Just like, if there's music and wine, people will get festive It's anyway. Tall Paul. Come on. <laughs> Tall, Tall Paul, Paul is, is festive. He is old, but he can crank it out. He like, they put him in a regenerative chamber. <laughs> yeah. And he just like, what is it? Like a vampire, right? He just sits <laughs> in there and then they pull him out just to like, <laughs> if you have a chance to see Tall Paul, he is energetic. In spite of his age. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing. So get out there. He is, uh, he is actually, I didn't know this, but he is a world legend. Yeah. I have met people in other cities that when I mention I'm from Carbondale, they say, there's that guy, Tall Paul. Tall Paul. They don't <laughs> spell it right though. Yeah. <laughs> his name is T-A-W-L, Tall. Yeah. Cause he plays the blues, right? It's got a little bit of a drawl to the tall. All right. So. Yeah, it is October. When did that happen? It feels like October today. Anyway, we've got this one. Family Vacation Night is coming up on Monday, October 6th from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. over at Turley Park. The Women's Center is sponsoring the October 6th Family Vacation Night at Turley Park. 
community organizations serving families in the region will have materials about their services and activities for families. Free family fun with door prizes and snacks. This year's theme will be Fall into National Night Out. Wendy McDaniel at the Women's Center is the primary contact, so for more information, you can email wendymcdaniel78 at yahoo.com. Or just show up on Monday, 5.30 to 7 at Thurley Park. Yeah. Get your family out and have fun. Yeah, sounds like a good one. And it's funny that they use the term door prizes since there's not a physical door on the park. But, <laughs> just like, you know, entry prizes. Yeah, just like, we could put a door. They should They should do they that. They should bring a door. With it's like, to... if you walk through the door, you can enter. Yeah. <laughs> just like, if you don't walk through this doorway. Guy House RSO, it's the Registered Student Organization for Guy House. Their meeting is Tuesday, October 7th at 4.15. That's like pretty exact. (laughs) It is very exact. (laughs) At Guy House Interface Center. It's a great opportunity to meet other students, organize new student events, network with other student leaders, earn volunteer hours, or simply spend time with your fellow students in a relaxed social environment. They meet the first and third Tuesdays at 4 p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center. Yes, and also coming up next week, next Tuesday, the Hispanic Heritage Month is having their keynote address. We've mentioned the month before, but now we want to emphasize the keynote address. It's Dolores Huerta. It's coming up on Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Shryock Auditorium. This is a big deal. She's Yeah, she's really big. She's internationally famous. Labor leader and activist Dolores Huerta will speak on Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Shryock to deliver the keynote address. Huerta has been honored with numerous awards for her activism, including the Ellis Island Medal of Freedom, the Eleanor Roosevelt Award, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She's going to talk about her backstory and the issues she's had with the United Farm Workers Association. And I actually remember that, like, when I was young, my my mom participated in the, uh, the boycott that they organized to fight for the rights of the farm workers. So I'm excited to hear her speak. One of her most more famous quotes sums up her decision to dedicate her life to social justice. Quote, I couldn't tolerate seeing kids come to class hungry and needing shoes. I thought I could do more by organizing farm workers than to trying to teach their hungry children, end quote. She was a teacher, and she yeah. changed to becoming a social activist. Yeah, and so. is still a teacher in her own way, too. Wednesdays, the SIU Sustainable Vegetable Farm... Wednesdays, 12 to 4 p.m. in the Fainer Breezeway and the Ag Building. So this is like the... Is it the end of the season? No, it's not, just because mm-hmm. it's cooled off. Yeah, there's still plenty to harvest, and they've got such abundance, they've got two spots on campus. So also coming up, Illinois Home Performance, Energy Efficiency at Home. It's coming up on next Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall, 217 East Main Street. Illinois Home Performance with Energy Star is a program sponsored by Illinois Department of Commerce. Uh, they aim to help Illinois home and property owners decrease their energy costs and increase the comfort, safety, durability, and value of their homes. Oh, this is good. Presenter Richard Riley is the Energy Program Manager of the Missouri Botanical Gardens Earthways Center and a construction professional with 30 years of experience. Uh, so the rear entrance, you enter through the rear entrance at 217 East Main Street. It's uh, October 9th, Thursday at 7 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Parking and entrance are in the rear through the green door across from the Rock Hill Baptist Church on Monroe and Marion Street. And yeah, energy efficiency is very important. It's, I mean, 
One of the best ways to reduce our impact on climate change is to just use less energy. Oh, I was talking about impact on my wallet, but oh yeah, okay. your wallet too. If you want to save money, do energy efficiency. So, yep, save energy, save money, save the world. Yes, good plan. I don't know which is more important, but, <laughs> but it does it all together. So that will be on Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, rear entrance of 217 East Main Street. I think that's the Carbondale Township Hall used to be. Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but I think it is. But it doesn't matter. That's the front. <laughs> They're going in the back. Yeah. So, all right. This has been another exciting, yep, informative <laughs> half hour of your community spirit. If you feel like you missed anything, email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we'll email you the whole newsletter. Yes. In the meantime, enjoy the weather out there. <laughs> We will see you next week on the radio.